We want to welcome you today to the Blessing from the Valley podcast with your host, Pastor Mark Brandon. Join Pastor Brandon as he takes a new look at the old book, the Bible. I want to thank you for joining us today for the Blessing from the Valley podcast. This is your host, Pastor Mark Brandon, and it is a joy to come to you today by these means. And I'm hoping that this podcast finds you well. I hope that you are doing very well today. Hence, hopefully, the podcast will help to encourage you today because I certainly want to say something that will help encourage you and certainly not discourage you. So that is the uh, goal and the motive for the podcast. So if you like it, if you've tuned in before, why don't you share it? Why don't you like it? If this is your first time that you've tuned in, uh, we welcome you. And I normally start a series and then just continue through those thoughts until we get finished. And I think this is the third, if I'm not mistaken, the third podcast. And we are dealing with this series. I'm dealing with a troubled heart. And we're taking the passage of Scripture in John chapter number 14. It's, of course, it's a well-known passage of Scripture, but the Bible says in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, unto the Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so we're dealing here with how to deal with a troubled heart. And I have talked to you uh, previously, talking about the heart that's the seat of our emotion. It's the fountain of everything that we desire or our actions come from what, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's our most innermost being. It's where all of our feelings, our desires, our even our actions come from. And so the Lord is talking to the disciples and saying to them, let not your heart be troubled. Now, to get context to that, you have to go back to the previous chapter because he has just laid down some really, I mean, he had just basically dropped a bomb on these, on these disciples because he had just basically told him that he's going to be going away, he's going to be crucified, and then he even looks at the 12 of them and says, one of you are going to betray me. So they were all troubled, and that would trouble us. If we were in that position, uh, that would trouble us. And so I'm thankful. Um, the Lord was not just saying, hey, boys, keep your chin up. He wasn't just um, saying, hey, I know that you're troubled. He did greater than that. He did right by these disciples. He not only said, hey, I know you're struggling, but now I want to help you with that troubled heart. And so that's basically what this whole passage here, these first few verses are, is he's trying to encourage them. So I told you the number one, how to deal with a troubled heart. The cure for a troubled heart is number one is believe, because he said believe in, you believe in God, believe also in me. So he said, if you're going to overcome your troubled heart, then you're going to have to believe me. You've got to have your faith. You've got to have your belief in the right substance, in the right object. Now, people don't always, people will fail us. Even if they have the best intentions, people will sometimes fail us. And because of that, that's why we always need to make the object of our faith the Lord because he never changes and he never fails us. So he was trying to give us a cure for a troubled heart. You say, well, Pastor Mark, there's things going on in my life that I don't understand and things are changing and things are shifting. And I'm troubled by that. Okay, then get your eyes, get your heart on something that doesn't change 
and that's the Lord. Put your faith in him. So he's trying to help these disciples come to a place of where they can overcome, they can have a cure for their troubled heart. Because, by the way, he just caused it. He just told them some heavy things that troubled their heart. So he talked about faith. All right, number two, a strong faith. But here's another cure, a secure future. Verses two through four, now he's talking about heaven. Because he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. See, heaven is real. If our hearts are troubled, think about the end. Um, there was a gentleman that, of course, I know, love, and respect years ago uh, in Lewisburg. One of his favorite sayings is he always would say this, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. You know, no matter how hard that is, the truth is things do pass. There's always a brighter day. But really, for a Christian, we know that that brighter day forever is when we do get to heaven. So the Lord was trying to remind these disciples, look, here after a while, look, I know you're troubled. But it's all going to be okay because heaven's real. And and look, I want to say to you this morning, it is as real as Chattanooga is. Now, it might smell different, <laughs> you know. It's obviously I, I don't really know what heaven would smell like. And, and and praise God, that's one thing that I'm thankful. That's going to be one thing that's going to be a blessing to me being able to get to heaven. I'm going to be able to smell again for sure, Amen. But we're going to have glorified bodies there, and we will be able. We will touch down in a real place. And my future is as secure. And when you know that, it makes the journey down here easier. Think about that. If you know the destination is going to be reached and that destination is worthy of all of that, then it definitely helps give peace and it definitely helps with the trouble. See, life can be tough. All of us know this. I'm not going to minimize your hardships. And I'm, I'll, thank, I'll thank you to not think of mine as a piece of cake either. Because, you know, my hardships, your hardships, it just really depends on who's having the hardships. You know, the same with surgery. The only thing that makes a difference between whether it's a major surgery or minor surgery is who's having the surgery. You know, someone else is having a surgery, and maybe it just might be something, you know, they're cutting a little something off of their arm. But if I'm having that surgery, that's major surgery. You understand? So, but I, I can tell you that it's a lot easier to, to carry your cross down here, down the road in this life, when you know that that road leads to a far better life. Now think about that. If we know that we're going to be into a better place. You know, think about driving on vacation. When I, when I was little, I can remember my sister and I getting fights all the time in the back seat. You know, I remember my, my dad always pulling over. He was like, God, don't stop. I'm going to pull over, and there'd be many times, you know, he'd be reaching his arm back there trying to grab one of us, and we'd always try to, you know, dodge him in the back. At the same time while we were doing that, and I remember this. I think I can say this, and if my sister's listening to the podcast, my sister always caused all the trouble. Uh, she was always the one that picked on me and caused all the trouble in the back seat, and that's for you, Kim. But, hey, uh, but nonetheless, no matter what took place, here's one thing that Kim and I always did as children. We'd always say, Dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Every 10 minutes, are we there yet? How much longer are we going to get there? So the drive, and the drive wasn't that bad once we got there. Because you know what? When we got to the beach or we got to the amusement park or we got to Disney World or we got to King's Dominion or we got to Bush Gardens or wherever we were going for that particular, when we got to a Atlantic Beach, it, 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 it didn't really matter because it made the drive, the journey easier knowing where we were going. So think about that as far as with heaven. See, Think about this. Everyone, when, when we think about this, these disciples were struggling with a lot of things. And so think about that. Now, here, here's a little joke uh, talking about uh, being secure in your future. A woman lost her daughter to cancer. 
and it was heartbreaking to her. So soon after, she was taking a train to California to see her other daughter. She was going down the tracks, and the engineer noticed something lying across the tracks. He slammed on the brakes. Everyone was scared as the cars leaned forward and metal screeched, except for this one lady. Through the skill of the engineer, they stopped before hitting the obstacle, and someone asked this lady, weren't you scared? Now think about this. She says, no, because I'm on my way to see my daughter. I also have a daughter in heaven. I figure either way, I'm going today to see my daughter. I want you to think about that. See, it makes a difference when you have a strong faith, and it makes a difference when you know that your future is secure. And the Bible refers to heaven as a country. Think about that. A country is vast. It's more than a state. And you know, if you was to look at the United States, Texas looks like it's the biggest state. Uh, then, then California, those are two big states. But I'm not talking about when, when God talks about a country, it's even more vast than the largest state, which would be Texas or California in our country. But when you think about a country, when God refers to heaven as a country, you think about a, a population, a kingdom. A, a city is a population. Hey, a kingdom is order. And, and by the way, God refers to heaven in both of those, a city, which has a population, a country, which is vast, and then a kingdom, which has order in it. And we know he's going to be the king. But my favorite reference to heaven, my reference to heaven, is that it's this. You ready? Home. <laughs> it's home in my father's house. You know, my mom and dad just live just blocks down from me. I can be there at their house in a matter of less than a minute. And, uh, you know, I've never felt unwelcome at my mom and dad's house. When I go, unless, and by the way, they always keep the door locked, so I have to knock. But if they didn't keep the door locked, you know what? I would feel so comfortable just walking right in on my mom and dad. You know why? Because that's home. And then I have a home at 3403. It's home. I can walk right in that house, and I feel very secure walking in that house. And it's the same with heaven. We're walking in. We're going to land in a real secure place. And that helps us to overcome troubled hearts. And then quickly, I'm going to quickly close this one out. This has been a small series. We're talking about a troubled heart, but it also, if we have a stable foundation in verse five and verse six, uh, things are winding down, things are losing energy, but things aren't getting better, but worse. And so it was with, and, and I'm talking about now the disciples with Jesus talking to the disciples. He's just explained to them that things are going to get bad. But he's also letting them know that they have a sure foundation upon which to build their beliefs on. And Jesus doesn't teach the way to heaven or point the way to heaven. Here's what he says. He is the way to heaven. Jesus doesn't direct us to heaven. He takes us there. That is a stable foundation. So all of these true principles will help us to overcome a troubled heart. God bless you. Have a great day today. Thank you for listening today. Our prayer is that this episode was a great encouragement to you, and we invite you to join us again next time for the blessing from the valley.